to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On today's episode, I'm excited to talk about a recent trip I took with Mr. Vandermeer from Rundle Academy to Phoenix, Arizona. The reason for the trip has to do with our PD model here at Rundle College. For professional development, often we find great utility in visiting other schools in our country as well as in the United States to find out what they're doing in specific areas of learning. We may go and visit schools to find out what's the best and brightest in technology, or what it's like to build a new school. In this instance, we went to Phoenix, Arizona to visit schools who work with students who have learning differences, and also to learn a little bit about school design from them. So in today's Heads Up, we're going to have two interviews, one from New Way Academy, and the other is from the Jones-Gordon School. I hope that as you listen to these two interviews, you'll take as much from them as we took from our time visiting these schools. So with that, let's jump right into the interviews. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. Uh, today we have the great pleasure of being in Phoenix, Arizona, talking with some of the leaders in the state on learning differences. Uh, Mr. Vandermeer and myself have made our first stop at one of the schools we're planning to visit on our few days away. It's a great school called New Way Academy that goes K-12. And I'm sitting here with their executive director, Miss Abby Ross, and uh, she's just given us a spectacular school tour, and we've spent the last few hours talking about all sorts of school initiatives, everything from student learning to student anxiety to um, the different programs that are offered to seating to wall color, you name it, it's been on the conversation docket and there's been lots of learning back and forth. Uh, Abby's job here at New Way Academy, she started as a teacher years and years ago and worked her way into leadership. Um, certainly very familiar uh, territory to what we see at Rundle Academy, Mr. Vandermeer, Ms. Jordan, and Mr. Burla. And uh, she's responsible for the strategic vision as well as community presence. And uh, I would add in just editorial style is that I think the student life has everything to do with her energy and, and her vibrance and, and all the things she brings to the program. So as, as we tour the schools here to, in Arizona, I'm going to have one central question and then we'll see where we go from there. So first of all, uh, Abby, thanks for joining me today. Of course. Uh, my question that I've got for every school that we're visiting is really what's the secret to the success of your students here at New Way Academy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it probably starts with the intentionality of everything that we do throughout the day. So for our students, because they have struggled in their previous academic setting, um, really trying to look at our approach as what do we need to fit in from eight to three that they may have not gotten before. So part of their school day will involve um, any of the therapies that they need to be successful. So that may include speech therapy, uh, reading therapy, occupational therapy, 
And those are built into the school day, so that's not something that they need to go have afternoon, in the evening, on the weekends. So um, for our students that are dyslexic, they see a reading therapist during the day, but then they also have a writing class and a reading comprehension class layered there. So they're getting sometimes a triple hit of what's most difficult for them, mm -hmm. but it's also done in a supportive way and not in a way that has historically been dreaded for them. For sure. Um, and then I think the other piece is, is just that we are a family through and through. Um, we've got 270 students and about 90 staff members. And so while that might seem like a really huge family, um, the way we structure our days where every homeroom teacher has only about 10 students in their class, every student has a group of teachers that knows them incredibly well, right. knows their family, knows their pets, knows what kind of car their parents drive. Yeah. Um, and so everyone feels just super supported. And I think that hopefully teachers would say the same. They feel as supported by leadership as our students do from their teachers. I think uh, anecdotally, just as we walk around, I see a couple of things. One, I see a group of students with self-confidence in their own learning. As we talk to students, you got a sense that they know who they are as learners and are learning to advocate mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, the connection is really shone through for me. I mean, walking around with you, Abby, the executive director in all intents and purposes, head of school, and you know every student, and they all respond to you and seem to connect. Um, I guess my follow-up question to that is, what are some of the things you do to enhance the connection between yourself and all the faculty and, and the students in your program? Mm -hmm. um, I think we are all so involved in the day-to-day, -day, as hard as that can be in the midst of the email inbox that's piling up right. and the difficult situations that arise. I think for anyone in education, if you get too far away from what you started in that career doing, then you're eventually not going to enjoy your job anymore. Right. So I know for myself, I've helped with the junior cheer squad. I've taught classes here. I um, run different student groups on campus. Mike Walker, our head of school, he coaches the football team. Um, and I think we're just as involved as possible. We run the spirit assemblies. I think parents know us um, casually and informally. We have happy hours that we go to with our parents just so they see our faces and they know that we're human and we're not just right. hiding behind desks. Um, I think going back to what I said at the beginning is that everything is so intentional that we don't make any decisions in a funnel or just because. Everything is really thought out, yep. um, but really with the end goal is to make sure that everybody feels just extra supported and loved here. Right on. No, you see it everywhere. Um, I guess to close the conversation today, speaking of seeing things everywhere, as you walk through the school, you can see that there's like a real... Uh, DNA of grit or perseverance, uh, resilience, and I see on your walls and in your classrooms and um, yeah, just generally everywhere the slogan, never, ever, ever give up. Mm -hmm. And it's beautifully printed and beautifully articulated, I think, in the in the school and definitely in the feeling. Um, is there anything more behind that that, that mm -hmm. we should know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think before coming to New a lot of our students had already given up. Yep. And so some of that is backwards planning and convincing them that they, A, should not have already given up, and then B, how do we get them to continue to try? Yep. Um, and so we talk about that a lot, and it is a motto, but I think it's not a motto that's empty. We talk through, um, we want you to continue trying, but we also don't focus a whole lot on what they're not great at to the point where that's the emphasis of everything that students do. If reading is a challenge for our students, we want them to be reading to competency, but we don't want them to feel like that is their entire life and that without assistive technology or without a reading therapy that they won't be literate. Right. Um, and so really trying to find that balance of supporting what they're not great at, but really thinking through what are you going to excel at and what do you love and focusing on all of that so that it is easier for them to not give up on the things that have historically been a dread for them. 
cool. And whether you're an academy parent or a college parent or somebody in our community listening to this, I think that's a message that we all share and find power in. And so, uh, Abby, thanks for your time today. Uh, I know Mr. Vandermeer and myself leave inspired and uh, with lots of brand new ideas and energy to come back and share with our community. And I hope that you and your leadership and your whole school don't ever give up uh, because I know that the needs of these kids are prevalent and important and yeah ultimately you're I think you're saving lives here so you're doing a great job thank you so much thank you for coming okay welcome back Uh, we're now at Jones Gordon School and I'm sitting here with Miss Sam she's the director of the high school and she's given us fabulous tour of the school we've been able to see uh, all the great things that it has to offer thanks for taking us around Miss Sam it's my pleasure Uh, just by way of introduction, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the grade levels and the student population you serve here at the Jones Gordon School? Absolutely. We start at second grade and we go up through 12th grade. So right we have a lower school, middle school, and high school. Uh, primarily, our students have executive dysfunction of some kind. Yeah, I love the way that <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds. <laughs> they do too. So <laughs> whether that's uh, managing time, organizing, planning ahead for the future, uh, we explicitly teach all those skills. Uh, a lot of our students have eight. ADHD, a few on the spectrum as well. So it's a very diverse group of learners. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so, and what I've noticed going around, there's some really unique features to the school that I think you guys do really well. So uh, you've got a room for mindful moments and it was well used while we were in there and we could see kids, you know, relaxing and using their mindfulness skills. And uh, there's a real focus on developing the executive functioning skills in and around your your school. And you can see kids making benefit of that. Um, My question though today has to do with student success. So if I was to say to you, what's the Jones Gordon School secret to student success? How'd you respond to that? I would say that everything is customized, individualized, personalized for each and every student. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned to you before, we have 120 students and 117 unique schedules. Um, That's to reflect the fact that our students, you know, some of them are 2E, so they need a little extra challenge, might take a a higher level class, even though they're in a a lower level English class, they can be in a higher level math class. So it's very flexible that way. Um, And and, in going with the individualization, like you mentioned, we have our social emotional intelligence programming that we explicitly teach our students, the executive function programming that we explicitly teach them, but at the same time it's all customized for them. So I'm not going to take a student who struggles with organization and drill, manage your time, manage your time, manage your time. It's it's absolutely customized to them, as is the social emotional uh, programming. And I think you see it in everything at the school and in the classrooms, and it comes back to me in working and chatting with you about the connection you make with students. Yeah, And absolutely. we talked for a little while earlier today about, um, you know, your homeroom or your mm-hmm. TA time. Can you just yeah. fill us in briefly on, on what that's all about here? Yeah, every student has one advisor at the school. And the way we affectionately put it is that's their person. That's yeah. their person on campus, their adult that they can always go to for everything. That adult, that staff member should know them inside and out and they absolutely do uh, what their goals are what their hopes and dreams are what their current levels are uh, what they want to do after high school or if they're a younger kid what they like to do in their free time
time. Totally. Their schedules, everything, and especially their families. So it's important for us to uh, make that connection not only with the student, but with the parents and the families as well. So I, I mentioned to you, typically the advisor will visit the home of the student um, and spend some time with them. And they also get uh, weekly updates. So yeah. even if you're not in the house, you're getting a weekly email with a really detailed update about your student's progress academically, socially, emotionally, uh, in an extracurricular sense as well. I love it. And you can see it uh, at our college and our academy as well. We share a lot of that connection through and through. And I think that's really the root of a lot of student success, no matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. And to visit a great school like yours and and see that that's the center of what you do too is is really affirming for us as we're on this uh, PD tour. Um, The other piece, which we have, I've never seen in any school certainly not to the level that's here, but um, as you affectionately call them, you've got critters everywhere. Yeah. Um, can you introduce us to your critters I and what those to. are all about at, at your school? Yes, so I'll give you a rundown of who we have. Okay. Uh, we've got two tortoises, <laughs> Tank and Olaf. We've got a very large iguana, Icarus. Yeah. We have two Euromastics, which are desert lizards called Penny and Ray. Two snakes. <laughs> yeah, we met pi- them earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a ball python called Titan and a corn snake called Roger. Yeah. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah. That was my last name, so you named something after oh, me. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. We do have a basset hound who roams the halls every once in a while, but she's not here today. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Zoe. Yeah. Um, at any rate, uh, the students, uh, we, we also teach self-advocacy. So the students know when they, you know, they could benefit from having an animal with them. So we call it critter time. They might, yeah. We might tell a student, you know, you're acting a little bit, you know, riled up. So why don't you go grab a critter and come back? Oh, I forgot to mention the guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the guinea pigs, yeah. I forget. Um, so they might come back with a little guinea pig and, yeah. and have it in their lap while they continue to learn. Um, it's also part of our token economy. So students can earn critter time as an, a reward yeah. for good behavior, meeting their individual behavior goals. So uh, actually, this past Friday, Zoe was here at the Basset Hound, yeah. and a little girl, I look out of my office, and a little girl was laying on Zoe's dog bed with her. And I said, Jaya, <laughs> are you, where are you supposed to be in class? She said, no, I earned 10 minutes of Zoe time yeah so I put a timer on and (laughs) that's so cool she was just relaxing and cuddling and then went back to class so it can be a motivator it can also be very therapeutic yeah you can see they're totally integrated into your school community and it's it's a really neat thing to see like I said having visited over 100 schools uh never seen anything quite like it and uh it's really really neat to observe thank you uh before we close I see that you've got a theme around and it resonates with us as we talk about the, th- the values at, at Rundle College being together, be kind, be curious, be well. Um, kindness is certainly a theme in and around your hallways. And I see in your classrooms the, the motto, throw kindness like it's confetti. Um, I guess two-part question. First, what does it mean to you, Miss Sam? And the mm-hmm. second is, how does this manifest in your student population? Absolutely. The Throw Kindness Like Confetti project is all about um, kind of taking away any hesitation there might be to giving someone a compliment or telling them something nice right on so it's a more structured way for students to write a note and put it on the board they can say it anonymously or they can sign it um but uh, i've seen some really beautiful examples on there already uh i think one student wrote the the note to the jones gordon school and said for helping me achieve all that i can oh that's awesome yeah Yeah, so and they give it to each other as well but i hung that one up on my my bulletin board of course um and you see that now 
now that they have almost like a framework to say these nice things you hear it more on the hallways too right. and in class they give each other compliments wow you were really you read that really really nicely thanks you know? right on yeah um in a more broad sense it kind of goes with our community service focus which is huge for for the jones gordon school everything that we do typically ties back to a community service um each month yep. so we have different projects and events so this month it was all about hurricane relief so we have an ongoing uh, fundraiser that we're doing and there's events like we had a snow cone party and snow cones were a dollar and everybody uh, donated I think we raised a few hundred for that this so week we have yeah. a bake sale um, so in total it's it's nice to see the the schools kind of rallying together and 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 donating and so far we've raised seventeen hundred dollars so, awesome yeah congratulations Thank that's you. really cool yeah and they're they're very excited about giving back to they've chosen the animals uh, people with disabilities and then people who are hungry so they're excited about that too yeah that's everything we can hope to teach our kids like about character and caring and kindness and and those important pieces and you see it in your hallways so congratulations thank you um thanks for taking the time with myself and mr vandermeer today uh we go home inspired and and excited about you know trying some of the things that you do here in, in our hallways so thanks for making us a better school oh absolutely thanks for visiting yeah for sure well that wraps up the two interviews with the schools to close today's episode i thought i would just take a moment and try to bring back some of the big takeaways from our visit First and foremost, and primarily, the takeaway that I see here is that student connection is central. At Rundle College and Rundle Academy, we pride ourselves on being small and keeping a small environment with respect to the size of the classroom, also the size of our schools, be it the primary or the senior high or the academy. But one of the virtues of keeping it small is the close personal connection that allows students to one, feel comfortable with the teachers that they're working with, but two, also to take chances in their learning. Now taking chances in their learning could be in the form of you know, answering a question that they might not have the confidence to answer otherwise, to joining a sports team that they wouldn't have maybe tried in the past, or to getting up on stage and performing in a musical when they didn't even believe that kind of thing was possible. I think all of these opportunities, whether they're in our classrooms, in our character programs, in our co-curriculars, are made possible because of those close connections. And after visiting these schools in Phoenix, it became readily apparent that it was the connections that made those schools great places to be, just like Rundle is a great place for us to work and for our students to learn. So to close, thank you for joining us as we toured down to Phoenix, Arizona to see some schools. And thanks for remaining connected to us at our Rundle College program.